Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for, oh, just about 13 minutes. But you know, that keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for us because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So being in God's Word every day, even at least for a short period of time, well, that helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger in our faith. Help people in your life, you know probably some within your own family, who need to turn their lives around. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God, about their souls, about eternity, because it's coming. Share these short studies with them every day. Get them into God's Word. Share with your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. Now, you can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and probably other technological means as well. But help somebody get to heaven by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them every day. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment, follow through, and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study, talking about seven sins that will keep you out of heaven. Again, when I introduced this particular line of thought and study, I talked about how the very word sin will turn off some people from this kind of study, this kind of line of thinking, because they don't like that word. That's not that they think it's a dirty word, but it's a word that disturbs them because they're living in sin. <laughs> they know it. At least deep down, they realize it, and oh, it disturbs them to start thinking too deeply about sin, because they're in sin. Well, we began by looking at how Satan binds people in sin. He's very skillful at what he does. Now, that does not mean he can make anybody sin against their will, but he's very skillful at luring people through temptations of various kinds into sinful practices. And there are all kinds of sinful practices, sinful lifestyles. And once he leads that person into such, and that's the kind of lifestyle they live, they're his. Now, that does not mean they cannot repent and be forgiven, but while they continue in sin, they are slaves of sin. Now, that bothers some people again. The whole concept of slavery. Well, don't get upset with me. Get upset with the Lord himself if you're going to get upset because he is the one who brought that out. When we look at it, John chapter 8 and we look beginning with verse 31, Jesus told the Jews who were his followers, who were believing in him, he said, if you abide in my word or live by my teachings, you are my disciples or my followers indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, he was speaking on a spiritual level. Some of those listening to him were, were listening on a physical level. And so they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. If you're living in sin, you're not going to be in heaven with Jesus for eternity. He goes on in verse 36 and he says, Therefore, if the Son, that is Jesus himself, the Son of God, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus came with that message of forgiveness and salvation that we call the gospel. And through that message, through the gospel, we can, set fr- we can be set free from the guilt and condemnation from the slavery of our sins. Well, we need to be set free. Mankind needs to be set free. Most people, if I understand what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 correctly, he said most people are going down the wrong road in life, spiritually. They're in the broad way that leads to eternal destruction in hell. But only the few are going down the narrow path of what we can understand as truth, God's truth, that leads to heaven. Most are lost in sin. We also looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We read verses 9 and 10, where the Apostle Paul wrote, and he's writing this to the Christians in Corinth. But that city of Corinth was seeped in wickedness. He said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So people who were living these kinds of sinful lifestyles, Paul says, you won't be in heaven if you continue to live in these lifestyles. In verse 11, he tells them, reminds them, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, he's telling them, you were set free from the guilt of your sins. You came out of those sins in repentance and being baptized into Christ, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed you of the guilt of your sins. What a blessing it was for them. And it's a blessing for any who will come to God now through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation through the gospel. The devil's work in Corinth included a number of sins, different kinds. Some of those were sacred sins, idolatry. Idolatry was one of those. Remember what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9? He said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And in that list, he said, idolaters would be one of those groups of sinners who will not be in heaven. What is an idolater? What is idolatry? Idolatry is the worship of idols, statues, images, carvings that people look at and say, oh, that's deity there. And so they will bow down before those images and worship those images or worship through them. That's idolatry. Idolaters 
are practicing the religion of idolatry. There are a lot of Christians out there, at least those who call themselves Christians, who are practicing idolatry and don't even realize it because they are, con- they are constantly bowing down before images, carvings, statues, and worshiping through those. That's not scriptural. That's in direct violation to the scriptures. When you go back to the original Ten Commandments, God had Moses, God gave Moses those Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5, we'll go back to to verse uh, verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Not make any graven images, no carved images, no statues, no, no uh, carvings of any kind. No, he says you don't, you don't. And notice that he said, any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now that would include, that would include then images of people that people would then bow down to and pray to or pray through and worship through. That's idolatry. That's specifically condemned or instructed against in God's word going all the way back to those original Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. But idolatry is preeminent as an insult to God. It dishonors his name. It dethrones him, dethrones his majesty. It brings him down to the level of an object and places him alongside all kinds of images that are made, fashioned by the hands of men, and then worshipped as deity or gods. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, if we turn over there and we look at verse 2, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 2, the apostle Paul wrote, and he's writing God's word here, God speaking through Paul. Paul says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. In other words, just what we read back there, you don't have any other gods. There is only one true God, and he is the one whom we ought to worship and serve. In the Gentile world, though, of Jesus' day and the apostles' day, most people practiced idolatry. They worshiped idols. And all kinds of immorality was mixed with the worship of idols. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32 talks about that to some degree and in some detail. Idolatry was spiritual. It was a spiritual sin and lifestyle. Religion, when it came to practicing idolatry, worshiping idols, well, that was of this world. That was certainly not of God. Fornication was a natural 
in the worship of idols back in those days. Temples to those idols were often, well, what we might call houses of ill repute today, brothels. Worship was sensual. The principal religion of Corinth, Aphrodite, had services where barely clad priestesses serviced men sexually. And they called that worship to that idol. Apollo's temple employed men to fulfill desires of male and female worshipers sexually. Now that's not, that's not pure religion. That's not godly. That was part of idolatry. The devil's work in Corinth that Paul lays out there, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, that was very productive for what the devil was after. Idolatry, sacred sins, were part and parcel, commonplace in that city in that day. Well, our time is up today, so we're going to stop. We'll move on next time. Let's pray together. Father, help us to open our eyes. Help people all over the world to open their eyes to the sins, the sinfulness that the devil is so skillful in luring people into and thereby leading them in to eternal condemnation. Help people to see the truth and to come to you through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. We pray, Father. Please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.